All right, everybody, welcome back to the uh, Laura Antonio Sports Talk Podcast. I'm here Laura Antonio for our first of many episodes that we're going to talk about. Our show will be Laker Talk and Dodger Talk. First, uh, first up, we're going to do Laker Talk with Laura O'Neathan. So let's recap the games for the Lakers the past two games. They're going to play the Buck. They played the Bucks yesterday and lost, and they lost to the Knicks and lost. So tell me your two. Tell me what your thoughts were in those games. Okay, so uh, against the Knicks, in my opinion, I mean, that how we blew that in the fourth quarter with three minutes left, that was just – it was hard for me to watch. Um, personally, I don't like I, – I love LeBron James, and I do think that, like, in those situations in the fourth quarter, he should be ball-dominant and taking control. But when he's out of control and just driving and driving <clears throat> into, into traffic and going up for layups and getting blocked by guys like Mario and Zonia – to lose the game, it just and frustrates me. Um, last night, I know LeBron didn't play. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are a great team, so I really wasn't expecting much out of that game. Um, loved how Kentavious Caldwell Pope played. I know he's been inconsistent, but he really lit it up with 35 points. And yeah, I mean, both teams kind of just handed it to us, man. Um, it's unfortunate, but at this point of the year, I I feel like we might as well keep losing and try to get that draft pick. Yeah, I think the Lakers are expected to go in the top 12. Losing the Knicks was embarrassing after that Mario Hazonia block on LeBron. And then yesterday, both LeBron and Giannis didn't play because of uh, load management. So, yeah. I think the Lakers are, are just playing for a draft pick pretty much now. So, now let's talk about the Lakers game on Friday against Milwaukee. So, we'll do a preview on that against the Nets. So, both teams, I think the Nets are playing for something. But could the Lakers have a chance to spoil some of their playoff hopes? Um, well, the thing I think about that game is that I'm going to watch out for D'Angelo Russell because he's got a chip on his shoulder, especially the way Magic Johnson kind of treated him when he came aboard. It wasn't necessarily fair, I thought. He kind of just, as soon as, I remember as soon as Magic Johnson came onto our, uh, came onto our front office, and no, don't disrespect, I love Magic Johnson, but I remember as soon as that happened, I was already getting Bleacher Report notifications that he was being dangled for a first-round pick. You know, D'Angelo Russell being dangled for a lottery pick. Oh, the Lakers can't get a lottery pick. And then a couple days later, I, I hear that we traded him for Brooke Lopez and that pick, along with Timothy Mozgov. And, I mean, at the time, I still think that was a fair trade because we got out of the Mozgov contract. But I just think ever since then, D'Angelo Russell has been like, well, uh, you know, screw those guys. I'm going to go out there and kill him. So I, I'm really hoping that we can kind of contain him uh, when we go and play Brooklyn. But... Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm really happy for D'Angelo Russell. By the way, he's a he's a fantastic, yeah. phenomenal basketball player. I think he has. Oh yeah. I think he's done a great job, and I think I think the uh, I think the Lakers were kind of regretful to let him go. Oh, absolutely, and I understand that in order to get LeBron James this year, uh, they had to let him go. You know, package him with the Mozgov atrocious 18 million dollar contract. But um, I just – when he was a young player, I saw that he had that, that different mindset, almost that Kobe had. I, thought, I felt that he was, like, ready for the big moment and wasn't afraid to take that big shot. And I was like, okay, if he keeps working hard, he'll start to make that good – he'll start to make those shots. And he's proven that he can. Like, what, last night he put up 44 and 12? Hey, come on. Like, that's, that, that's some James Harden numbers that he's putting up. I mean, I remember people questioned his athleticism. They questioned everything, but – I knew he had the work ethic, and I, I just think that, um, not, like, the front office believing that he wasn't going to be 
this all-star caliber player that he is today was kind of just downright wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So now our question of the day is, we'll get to that in a minute. So NBA Wednesday today. So we got the Bucks. We'll run it quickly. So I have the Bucks beating the Cavs, the Magic beating the Pelicans, the 76ers beating the Celtics, the Jazz beating the Knicks, the Bulls beating the Wizards, the Rockets beating the Grizzlies, the Heat beating the Spurs, the Thunder beating the Raptors, and the Blazers beating the Mavs tonight on NBA Wednesday. Uh, I, I would I would agree with you for all those picks. Yeah, so we wanted to run through that as well. So let's get to our question of the day for our Laker Talk episode today. So, um, do you think Luke Walton's going to get fired after the two, after the uh, season concludes? Absolutely. Unfortunately. I mean, not unfortunately, but I think uh, kind of unfairly. I I am not I kind of lean towards that, but I'm not going to say anything yet because I think I want to see how the Lakers play out so that they could convince so that Luke Walton can convince the front office that I'm their guy going forward. Yeah, no, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. I mean, I loved when we signed him. I felt he was fantastic. I mean, he basically was on the bench, you know, watching over Phil Jackson. And he was an assistant in Golden State, obviously, with Steve Kerr. But um, I don't like the way – I mean, we don't really have a defensive schematic at all. I mean, we, we were playing great defense to start the year, but that just completely went awry. Um, and I feel like he hasn't really done much to try to fix that. I feel like Luke has an idea of what should happen on the offensive end. Like, he definitely um, – he definitely knows how to get the ball up and down the floor and to get the ball moving as well. But uh, I really think that if he does get fired, our next coach should focus a little bit more on the defensive end, especially that LeBron is now about to be like 34 or 35 and he's declining. He can still probably put up his, his 25, seven and seven next year, but on defense, he's not going to be as dominant as obviously he previously has been. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a question that's going to be asked a lot about Luke Walton, about him being fired and what the chances are him getting fired as the Lakers next head coach. Or not. I'm not ready to talk about who's going to be the next Lakers head coach until I see something from the front office. So now that being said, let's talk about our breakdown of the 2019 NCAA men's basketball tournament. It's a great time of year to talk about some hoops, and this is a fun time of year for college basketball because I just made my bracket. So, yeah. so I have – on my final four, Duke, Gonzaga, and Villanova and Kentucky, and I have Duke winning it all and beating Kentucky by three points. Um, yeah, I actually have not made my bracket yet. I plan on doing that later today, but I'm probably going to put Duke as the champion as well, either Duke or Gonzaga. I mean, when I watch Duke play, Zion Williamson is just dominant. Like, there's no one else in college who can stop six foot eight, 280. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Here's what I predict. Duke, Kentucky, it comes down to the second half, and it comes down to 10 seconds remaining in the game. And the game is our – and then Duke makes the, the Duke makes it 78-75 after making two free throws. It's going to be like this. I think uh, one of the Kentucky point guards is going to dribble. Zion will be containing the perimeter. And then what happens is that the point guard shoots, and then he blocks it, and time expires. I could see that happening, man. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting for sure. That'd be a thriller. Yeah, that's what I, I think that's going to happen in the uh, NCAA men's basketball tournament. But I also think 
my sleeper team, who I think could pull a Cinderella story, is Murray State and John Morant, who I think is going to oh, be yeah, the he's... overall pick in the draft. I think he's going to go to Phoenix. I expect him to be a Phoenix. And that's going to be a foregone conclusion by then, that Phoenix is going to go John Morant with the second pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. I mean, he obviously plays for a small program, but he's been phenomenal. Uh, personally, I mean, I, I am a Lakers fan, but I'm, I'm honestly kind of hoping they get the number one pick, the Phoenix Suns, so I can go maybe catch Zion Williamson for a game my senior year. That could be pretty cool. I don't know, though. I think if they do not get the number one pick, though, that they definitely, if they slide to two or three, I could totally see them taking John Morant over R.J. Barrett. Here's the thing. I think the Lakers just got to get the best player out available in the draft, so that's why I, I expect them. I expect the Lakers to land with the 12th pick in the NBA draft. So when it comes to the men's basketball tournament, um, I think Duke's going to win it all. But my bold prediction is I don't think there'll be any upsets, but don't rule out Murray State making knocking out upsets. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I mean, they're dangerous. And they just have yet kind of to show. They haven't played against many big teams, I know. But – I mean that doesn't that doesn't necessarily say that they can't like step up against a big team like Kentucky, Duke, Gonzaga, any of that. So a Cinderella team to watch out for is definitely Murray State, but I'm also not ruling out for out of the low seeds when I look at them. I'm don't don't be shocked if uh, if Florida makes it to the Final Four. That's a that's a Cinderella team right there too. Yeah, no, that would be that would be wild. I could see. Them. I mean, they play. They've been playing good basketball as well in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. So now, uh, NBA prospects to keep an eye out on for the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm actually gonna go with uh, what's his face. I'm actually gonna pick uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish, but. When it comes to the NBA mock draft, I'll see who the Lakers draft. But I think that the Lakers pick it up. They should look for a shooter. I completely agree. Um, I'm not exactly sure who would be around. I, I followed the draft a little bit, but I, w- I haven't seen who is necessarily around um, at that point in the draft. I know maybe like Romeo Langford from Indiana, if he could fall down there. I like how he plays. Um He's a wing. He's long. I think that's just important. He can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, yeah, but I think shooting is definitely something that we need to work on because I'm tired of seeing LeBron driving the paint, kicking it out to Josh Hart and just a missed three, or Kyle Kuzma just a missed open three. That could not be happening. We have LeBron James, who's the best at doing that. Like That's how he thrives, is getting in the paint, creating the attention, and kicking it to the open shooter. I think that's definitely what we need to focus on. Oh, yeah, you're you're right about that. So now that being said, we talked about some NBA prospects to keep an eye out on. So now we, we're going to recap the first two days of the tournament, so we'll save that for Friday. So when we talk about the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, that could happen by then. So games mm-hmm. to watch out for in the first weekend of March Madness is I think Duke is going to come out on top out of the gates. And I'm looking forward to watching um, – I'm also I'm looking forward to seeing um, Sarah Murray State against Marquette. Oh yeah, that'll be a great matchup um, because obviously Marquette is that program. They have a, a historic, like a historical program, and they have done well. Uh, didn't they win maybe five years ago, Marquette in the tournament? Yeah, I believe so. 
Yeah, I mean, they obviously have Dwayne Wade as well. Yeah. Um, but John Morant kind of is that guy. He's that dog. He won't give up, and he'll keep going at you. I love the way he plays. I yeah, I'd be I'd be excited if they could win that game. Yeah, that's kind of a upset to sleep on Marquette, Murray State, upsetting Marquette, and then that's gonna be a game to watch out on. So my final mm-hmm. my final basketball thought is for the Lakers. Uh, can they just find a way to win a game, or if not, just tank? Yeah, I mean, I know we kind of have a tough stretch the rest of the year, but I think we should just lose it. I mean. If it doesn't matter at this point, I don't see why we wouldn't tank. I know the NBA is starting to, like, try to um, reverse those tanking rules, but they really have only affected the top three picks. Because now, I think with the new rule set, I'm not sure if it was uh, enacted this year or for the next year's draft, but the top three picks have a 14% chance of getting number one, and then it all kind of varies until the end instead of the traditional 33, 25, I think 19 and then all the other picks just have, like, a very minimal chance of getting that number one pick. Yeah, so now – So – Go ahead, what you say? Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Um, but, yeah, even, like, I think I was even reading the Lakers have, like, a 2% chance, you know? Like, that could – like, dominoes could fall. Yeah, wait for <laughs> balls to fall. So, we'll take a break, and when we come back, it's time for some Dodger talk. Exactly. I'm excited. <laughs> 